Welcome to Big Hospitality's latest United East Ham podcast. Today we're speaking to Claude Bossy, the two Michelin starred French chef behind Claude Bossy at Babendum and the more casual Oyster Bar, which are both located at the iconic Michelin House building in Chelsea. Hi Claude, how are you doing? Morning, I'm alright, thank you very much. So you finally um, fired up the stoves again at, at Michelin House. How is the, how's the takeaway offering going? Okay, the idea of it to, to do this was, I mean, listen, we were, it was to keep the place open, reopening the place a bit slowly, you know, just to keep the, the momentum going, and also to keep the place alive through the social media and things like this. That was more, more the idea behind it. Of course, we want to make money with it, but at the end, we haven't. You know, it's just break even. We pay, uh, I pay the food, I pay the staff, and that's it. But the main thing for us was really to keep the place putting the light back on, putting the, putting the gas back on, and, you know, bring back a bit of, of life to this beautiful building. Obviously, you're not generating actual profits, but but it, but it has been successful in the sense that, that it's been busy and people have liked it. Yes, exactly. And I mean, we have uh, we had really good feedback. And uh, this week, because we were opening on the 6th, we're starting mid on plus next week for downstairs. So this week is our last week, and we just done what we did a menu was the most popular, that was the fish soup, the lobster, and the ice cream. People wanted to have this talk. We said, you know what, let's do this this week, just that menu, and see, uh, see how it goes. And that's it. And I saw from this week. At the end of this week, we will stop. We will open the Oyster Bar, the new menu, the new approach to it. And uh, we start again after, after maybe middle of July when the place running properly. And keep doing it. Because I think, I think every business now is going to find themselves doing takeaway and delivery. I mean, as much as people are excited about the restaurant we're opening, I think we still don't, I mean, we still Germany, the cases in Germany, they may be thinking to put back another lockdown to restaurant and things like this, and we can't, we can't, I can't afford that. Yeah. I mean, it's a point where if we was going to open upstairs and downstairs at the same time, and something like, like this happened, it could just kill us. That's it, it could just finish from the Yeah, I think that's the case, that's the same for a, a great many restaurants I just don't think they can survive I mean this they could barely survive what's happened I think it happening again is, is just unthinkable really isn't it if it happens again it's going to kill a lot of places yeah it's going to damage loads loads of places quite scary for the industry actually you know it's a scary part where it's actually the first time I'm opening a restaurant where I have no control of it you know before you open a restaurant and you you open you open, you open a kitchen you do the menu people come to see it because of new things you always got this momentum of new new place it's what we call this honeymoon period but this time it's no honeymoon period you just reopen after closing after three months and in people's mind, is it safe to go to the restaurant? Is it safe to go outside? And that that is the uh, that is the issue. And we don't have any tourists. And we're going to have to reorganize our business. I think it's very important. So you're opening the more um, casual restaurants at uh, Michelin House first. We want to reopen the restaurant on the eighth of eighth uh, of July. On Wednesday, the eighth of July, we will open the restaurant. And the idea of it is to reopen the Claude Bossier at Vivendum. On the eighth uh, of September, or that week of September. What What's the logic for 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 waiting? I mean, what you know, two, two months ish. Why Why wait that, that so long? Because uh, well, I've got a wage bill of hundred thousand pound a month. If I will open both of them and we're only running at fifty percent, my cash flow is going to damage very quickly. Don't so, be honest. I prefer using the furlough situation where my guests can be covered. They're on furlough. We top up the wages to make sure they can go on holiday and have all the time off. And also Chelsea and Chelsea and London, as you don't have any tourists and people I believe we are going to leave London. We're going to go to the second house or 
through the seaside or see family and things like this. I don't think London's going to be as busy as we expect. Maybe I've got it wrong, but in my eyes, for my business, I don't think London's going to be busy enough for us to be open at the end and be profitable to be able to, to keep the place going. So I thought it's better for me to keep my capital on my account and for something with the landlord where we get a bit of support from the landlord and the top of the wages of my guys for them to go on holiday and, and come back in September ready for the Christmas rush. rush. If we get a Christmas, yeah. if we get a Christmas rush, <laughs> a place like the Mission Building, this costs us over 150,000. Oh, what is that? It's 200,000 a month to to break even. And uh, if we run at 50%, we're done. After two months, that's it. Even if you got half a million pounds on your account after two two three months, you you're done. There's no coming back from it. So that's two, two, keep... 200,000 for both the restaurants, up, upstairs and Yeah, downstairs. for the building. Yeah. For us yeah. to open the building, it costs us 200,000 a month. And, and how, how understanding is it? Is your landlord still Terence Conran? Yeah, my landlord is Terence Conran yeah. and Michael Hamling, who got little share in the business. Okay. So they're a bit understanding, but at the end, it's not just on their own. It's other, it's other people who own the building. So they, you have to be fair. and It's going to be a point where they can say, okay, cool. You haven't paid the rent for three months. We understand the situation, but it's going to be a point where you need to think about paying us back. But even if they're not going to ask for the full money all in once, it's going to be an increase of our rate of our rent. And we maybe going to have to pay this. I mean, this is uh, this is the reality of where we are. And uh, don't get me wrong, they haven't put any pressure on us. They have been very good. Sure. But there's only so they can only be so so generous, I see. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. Not, we're all in the same boat. What they're going to close and who they're going to put inside of it. At the moment, is, uh, I mean, there's lots of places coming in, closing in, uh, closing down in London. Loads, loads of places. <coughs> and there's lots of, there's lots of empty spaces. And when you um, when you do reopen your your flagship restaurant at the upstairs at Babendum, what what changes will you will you put in place to sort of get through this that initial period? I mean, will you, will you be, I mean, for for example, will will you be running uh, fewer services? Will you be running shorter menus? What's the what's the plan? So if we are going to do more dinner than lunches. We will open. Uh, I mean. Firstly, the restaurant is, as you know, it's very big. It's 120 meters square feet just on the, on the restaurant side of it. So we've got plenty of space in between tables. So that's a big help. We've got easily one and a half meters before we before the lockdown hour. So we could have pushed to two meters if we needed to. Um, the menu was a choice of eight starter or eight main course. We are going to drop it down to five and five because the cost of it. We are going to do dinner six dinner and two lunches. We're going to dinner Tuesday to Sunday and lunches Sunday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, just to make sure because the team of upstairs will work downstairs just to reduce a bit on our staff cost because we had some people who left back to home to Italy or France and do not come back and I decided to not re-employ. So we are going to make the team working upstairs and downstairs, the same team. And as downstairs is more busy for lunch than it is for dinner, we can balance it doing this way. And I really want to push the oyster bar better than it was. So we're going to put a lot of time and attention to, to this place. I won't do it on the beginning. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm fucking pressed to make sure we can go for it. <laughs> <laughs>
a lot of the chefs I've been speaking to say that some of their international staff have gone home and won't be coming back. That that is sad, but it but it is also helping um, chefs, you know, avoid difficult decisions when it comes to uh, reducing the size of, of teams. Yeah, I didn't put, I didn't do any redundancy. I mean, uh, we didn't have to, and um, because we got the two restaurants, of some people who left downstairs, some people who left upstairs. We haven't re-employed at the moment, and we're going to make the team work upstairs and downstairs. And that for us is a big saving. Sure. Because, I mean, it's 14 of us in the kitchen. It was 17 before we closed. We're going to go back to 14. But, uh, I mean, all together, in between upstairs and downstairs, had 26 chefs, 27 chefs. We're going back to 20 chefs. Yeah, out of these 20 chefs, the six have left. They've gone back home. And what will be in, in place at your two restaurants to protect staff and customers? I mean, um, downstairs, I mean, hopefully by September, it will have slowed down completely. And we'll be fine because I don't really fancy to go to a restaurant and have people with masks and gloves. It's not really, it doesn't feel right. But if we have to do this upstairs when we open in September, we will do it. We have put plenty of system in place for upstairs if that happens. But downstairs, we have the meters in between tables. We have to make sure the waiters wear gloves and uh, and masks. And put all the sanitary, all the gel and everything needed to protect the customer, but that's it after all. So that's we try, we, got the, we go through the regulation, make sure we haven't put screen on because I think we got enough space to don't have to put that on. And uh, we just have to be careful with the social contact. There's nothing much we can do after when you respect this line. We just, uh, if we, listen, we know, you and I know us very well. If we want to protect our customer and staff, we do not reopen, that's it. This is back to be. This is back to reality. Reopening a restaurant is not safe for the customer and the staff somewhere down the line. As hard as you can try, even in the kitchen, we've got plenty of space to make sure you should not. If the government thinks it's right to reopen, we will have to reopen because at the end they're going to stop the help and we have to run a business. At the moment you go back to an office, at the moment you take the trip to come to work, at the moment you take the bus to come in, whatever it is, you know we can try as hard as we can in a restaurant. But how do you do it? There's risk, isn't there? Whatever. It is risk. I don't know if you come out of your house. It's a risk. No, we are going to make everything possible on our side to protect our staff and our customer. But how do we do We can't. My father-in-law and my mother-in-law are 80 years old. I will hate to think, because I'm going back to work soon, meeting a great customer. I will hate to think I could give it to them. You know, this is a thing. This is a is a truth. So, yeah. what do we do? Do we close the business completely and wait for that to be finished? But what do I do with all my staff? On follow yeah. the well, stuff. You can't close the business indefinitely, or or you, one, there's going to come a point quite soon where you're not going to have a business. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to reopen, but we can try as hard as we want to in the restaurant, and we will do everything possible to protect our customer and the staff. But the reality is, the way they're coming to us. We have no control as they came to us. They came with the tube, the bus, the taxi. We were sitting in a taxi before they... And you know what? The train... How do we control this? And perhaps on a more positive note, um, things seem to be going well in Paris. What are you hearing from your from your peers there? Yeah, I think in Paris, you've got the meters. And to be honest, the Paris and the French are a bit uh, like the Italians. They've got enough to be told what they have to do. In France, on the 21st of June, they've got what we call la fête de la musique, the sound, the music festival, like a music party. 
to celebrate the first day of the summer. And his music in the street, big parties, everywhere. And he was back going to a, a football stadium. He was people everywhere. But I think they have put the mindset to say, you know what, like you just say, if we get it, we get it. Maybe it's better, we get it and we go for it. And uh, be careful with the, old, the older generation, but I think we just come back and say, just carry on, just let's leave and that's it. Sure. And I think and it, that's what happened. And I've heard that in Paris, you know, you know I'm not sure all, all types of restaurants, but, but certainly more casual restaurants are, are really, really full. The restaurant industry has, has a, seems to have bounced back pr- pretty well. It's a mentality of a French or an Italian and Espanol to a Spanish guy to go to the restaurant, to, to eat up. That conviviality between people is, is the restaurant industry, the restaurant, the, the art de la table is part of the French patrimoine. You do it. You go to the restaurant. You go to the restaurant for lunch. You go to the restaurant for dinner. You are doing this. This is part of what you do. Yeah. And it's expensive to eat in Paris, but people do it. This is part of life. Yeah. In England, it's different. Mm-hmm. The, the mentality of food in England is not the same as it is in France, Italy, or Spain. When you think about food, it's food. We can cook at home. We don't have to take the risk. And that's it. That is still, is still in the mindset of the British customer. Of course, some want to go out and great. But look, the British, the British people do not go out for lunch. They work and they eat at dinner most of the time now. In France, they still have the break in between 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock and 1 o'clock and go for a quick lunch. We don't have that here anymore. Very little. That's what most of the restaurants are suffering for lunch. Because the mentality is you work, you go home, or you go out, but that's it. But it's not, it's still not the same philosophy. And I think that's why the restaurants in Paris or in France or in Italy are more busy than what will be here. Because it's not in a mindset to, uh, I mean, I say it's not like if I was British, but I've been here long enough now to understand why. And I don't know, you know, I speak to my, I spoke, to, I was talking to my wife about it yesterday. We work for Open Table. And they say, yes, we, people are going to go back, but for how long, you know, until, you know, it's going to be this bus on Saturday. I mean, listen, try to go to a pub on Saturday. Are you going to try to go to a pub on Saturday? I'm not going to try, actually, to be honest. We're going to grab a pan somewhere in the terrace, but it's going to be madness. Yeah. It's going to be a proper madness. Yeah. Why seems weird to reopen open? on Saturday. I mean, that seems like ah, a strange I'm day. So, <laughs> I'm so surprised. I never thought there was going to be that stupid to open on Saturday. Yeah. They got big football game. Everyone's not working. Why? That's what it means. You know, this is what I'm saying. They put the guidance of one meter in between people. Uh, all of these things. But you open the pub on a Saturday where every, it's going to be a beautiful day. And, and everyone is off. Well, it's going to be a car crash. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I might set it out, to be honest. I, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's my wife, we don't let me go to the pub on Saturday. But, uh, I mean, do, I mean, uh, you see what's coming out to the press and uh, the news in the, uh, on the evening. The pub are going to be one. And uh, why after you give us a social distance, you have to make sure your staff wear a DGM when they work, they wear a mask, they wear all of this. What for? Because we're not in control of this. We are not in control of people who's going to come to eat with us. But we are going to make our best to make sure we protect everyone, protect our staff, protect the customer who's coming as much as we can. But at the end, look, the, the rules outside of our restaurant. People can do whatever they want to. Be, as you say yesterday, be uh, 
And you know when you got uh, uh, use your common sense or something like this? <laughs> common sense. Open a pub on a Saturday. What common sense is that? Come yeah. on, please. Well, Claude, um, thank you very much for talking to me and, and, and um, you know, best of luck with your, with your, um, uh, with your reopening plans. You're welcome, Joe. Thank you very much for having me.